0: You're listening to episode 85 of GameSpot After Dark. This week, a streamer and mythologist by the name of Optimistic Gamer joins us to talk about Nintendo's future, some weird controllers, and Xbox Game Pass. Anyway, let's roll the episode. Hello and welcome to episode 84 of GameSpot After Dark, GameSpot's official video game podcast. I'm your host, Jake Decker, and joining me today is Callie Plaguey. John Seipke. hi and my friend Optimistic hello hello also known as Dylan who I met you as uh but it's it's good to have you here I'm so excited to finally get this going I reached out a while ago but guests on guests on guests it's hard to schedule
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm I'm just I'm happy to be here because you reached out and I was like oh, yeah that's exciting and and I patiently awaited and here we are yeah should be a fun episode. Should be a fun episode. Anyway,
0: we usually start this show with what we've been playing. But since you haven't been on the show before, we're going to start with the Chris from Dayton, Ohio segment, which is a little opportunity for you to tell us about yourself, what you do, how you got into what you're doing, what kind of games you like. I think that's most important. Like what are some of your favorite games? That's usually what people want to know. But you know, if there's a book or a movie or something that resonates and you wanna you wanna discuss, feel free to go.
1: Yeah. So, um, this is uh, particularly opportune because I get to talk about my time on a a little website that used to be known as ice DJ, uh, (laughs) way back when. Um, but I've come from randomly doing right, like writing on things like, uh, like forums and stuff to writing for like a small independent fun website to doing this on my own. But I am, I brand myself now as a Charity and challenge streamer. So what I do is every month on the first of the month, I pick a different charity. uh, And for every single stream that month, I'm raising funds for that charity through my Twitch channel. So 12 charities a year, all of them covering everything from mental health, LGBTQ rights, uh, uh, environmentalism uh, to social justice, all sorts of different things. And then I do challenges based on how much we raise. Uh, prime example right now, I'm doing a it was a bid war for a, a Stardew Valley run. I'm actually doing a, a vegan run through Stardew Valley, which is quite interesting. <laughs> um, I was like looking for challenges. I'm like, what are some challenges? And somebody's like, there was a huge Reddit thread that was like, how would you go about doing a vegan run? I was like, that actually sounds kind of cool. Um, but I've got a Dark Souls one item randomizer in the works. I have a hater percent Cuphead run in the works. I've done low percent Hollow Knight runs. Uh, I've done some getting over it with Bennett Foddy. I've done chat interaction where chat can like my chat can use Twitch's integrated currency to mess with my Dark Souls runs, like making me do thirty seconds of pacifism or playing with a keyboard and mouse. Um, so it's, it's always, it's cool because people can fund a charity, but then also fund cool, fun content that like, I obviously want to do and, and is fun for people to watch. Um, but I, other than that, I'm also a mythologist and I, in my free time, I study mythology and I study myth theory. And then I apply that to video games, comic books, cartoons, and anime, uh, cause I believe that those are the new, those are the new myths that we've sort of come to collectively make. Uh, and I've recently just started getting content about that off the ground to pretty, uh, I to fanfare um, from the community, and it's been fun and interesting to sort of be able to flex that muscle. Um, but it's been it's been a lot. It's been I've been a content creator for I'd argue nearly seven years at this point, and it's finally like I found my home in the last few years, and it's kind of been wonderful.
0: How do you that find so which? Cool.
1: How do you find which charities
0: to uh, support? Is that your chat coming through with suggestions? Do you just do a lot of research to figure that out? or um,
1: I, I do a lot of, so I try to do, um, I try to space things out. Like I don't want to do like like LGBTQ one month and then LGBTQ the next month and the next month. So I try to space it out. I take suggestions, um, but I also do like a lot of research of everything from, uh, uh you know, everything from just, being like, what do I want to do? And going and chasing that down versus, uh, I've actually had a few come out and reach out to me. Um, Stream for a Cause was a really interesting one. They find local charities that, that get like, Maybe like ten thousand dollars a year in funding, and they work with like that level of charity to get them funding. They reached out to me. Stack Up was an incredible experience last year. Um, so it's it's a little bit of everything. And I've had my my chat come in and say like, hey, we should try this fund. Um, I'm like, as long as it's, it's on through like Tiltify and donor drive. Cause I like, you know, I want that 100% can like clear, like this money is going to where it needs to go. So, you know, like I'm not touching it, it goes straight there. Um, and I really like that sort of security and safety for people who are donating their money.
0: That's awesome. Have there been any challenges that you've ended up doing that have
1: just taken it out of you? Uh, well, I've been streaming Stardew for almost two months doing this challenge at this point and I'm so ready to do something else I love starting but I'm so ready for something new Uh, this is what I
2: wanted to ask about though is a vegan run does that mean you can only eat vegan or are you only doing like vegan farming also
1: so it's I am not allowed to do anything that would like harm animals or uh, or I'm not, and I'm also not allowed to profit off of anything that's like would harm animals or anything from animal oh, so byproducts, like no
2: chickens, you don't have a horse, you don't have cows, like nothing.
1: No, I, so one of the things like my chat is kind of, we had to like titrate it a little bit and figure out like, I would be allowed to have animals, but I wouldn't be able to benefit off of their products. It would be more to like take care of them and make them happy. Um, but it's things like i'm not allowed to like profit off of fishing or if i find fish or uh and it's not as like stringent as like well this thing i'm doing is like affecting the environment it's more like within the bounds of stardew valley's rules like how these things would break down
2: what about slimes are you allowed to have slimes or what are they called in stardew valley it's a slime hut right
1: yeah (laughs) i they they so i rule everyone's saying like well they're not animals and some of them are just undead creatures so it's like but they're like this-
2: sentient
1: yeah and right? so I, I made the ruling that no I'm like I'm, I'm we're going full <laughs> pacifist on this and then getting to the bottom of the mine was a nightmare oh my
2: god well I kind of want to go back and tune into some highlights of that because that sounds absolutely fantastic but two months is a long time to be it's it's
1: it's a lot we're we're in fall season two at at, you know at this point but um it's it's been a blast uh doing a lot of this stuff um and i i like playing like hard games like i like like uh jake had mentioned that i i i love i love dark souls and bloodborne um i'm doing like a bloodborne playthrough right now just for fun i don't know i've lost track of how many times i've played dark souls I love the lore, I love the mechanics, and I love any kind of games like that.
0: Were you into mythology before playing Dark Souls, or was that after? Because I could see someone playing Dark Souls, getting into the story, and then kind of getting into mythology after that.
1: Uh, So I was interested before, but Dark Souls was sort of the thing that triggered my like brain to go wait video games are myths too and sort of hop into that realm of thinking um because i i was an english major in college so i got really good at reading books and i i was reading some uh joseph campbell as most myth like most and people who like want to get into mythology hop in through joseph campbell Um, but he's such a small portion of the pie that is like the world of myth studies. And so I started studying his stuff, started seeing the parallels of mythology that happen in different video games and then putting two and two together. And I'm sort of making that a, a coalescence as, as you would, uh, with trying to make like sense of how video games are not only. Like we, we all know video games. This is a video game podcast. Video games are obviously art. We don't have to have that argument anymore. And people who have that argument are living in the dark ages.
0: Like the New York <laughs> Times about once a month.
1: Oh. <laughs> um, but having not only going, going past art into something that's mythic, something that takes on the, the culture that it comes from and becomes starts to represent it and represent larger portions of the human experience. And so that was that's Dark Souls. I think is the ultimate video game myth, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah, I definitely see the parallel between the two. Uh, but before we move on, though, what uh, where can people find you? We've talked a lot about your Twitch uh, channel, but where can people go to check that out? Because what you're doing is really cool, and people should see it.
1: Yeah. So if you you can search up uh, Optimistic Gamer. It's zero p c i m y s t i c gamer. And that will get you my Twitter, uh, my my uh, Twitch, my the YouTube is Methods of Myth is the name of the channel, and uh, it's a big eyeball icon. And then my Instagram, which I've actually just started doing. Like I just randomly talk about myth stuff as I'm reading through like Beowulf right now and stuff like that. So
0: that's really cool. Well, okay. Last thing before we move on, you kind of talked about Dark Souls, but are there any games? that really stand out to you as some of your favorites i know dark souls is probably one of those but is there anything else that comes to mind that you can just play over and
1: over again or maybe a series that you're always going to play no matter what um yeah always dark souls and uh we don't have to have this conversation jacob but dark souls 2 is my favorite um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh I, I love the Dark Souls games. Uh, Resident Evil 4, I think I play it like once a year. Banjo-Kazooie is like an all-time favorite of mine. I Yay! love, yeah, <laughs> I, I love platformers. I really do. Um, Like fun, like happy platformers. I love like any kind of challenging games. I grew up playing like Resident Evil and Elder Scrolls and uh, like, uh, and and some of the Fallout games. So a lot of those are, are, but I play pretty much run the gamut of things more or less that's awesome that that yeah i actually i need to go
0: and play banjo kazooie from start to finish again because it's been a very long time oh it's so good
2: i i still i know where every single let me be your guide jake i know where (laughs) everything is
0: isn't it on game pass i can download it right probably
2: uh if it's not on game pass it's on xbox generally and yeah. it's so much easier on xbox because the n64 version didn't save collectibles all of the collectibles uh when you like died or left the game but the xbox version does so
0: okay it's, it's a lot rare easier replay. than it
2: was yeah it's on rare replay too
3: it is on it is on game pass oh sweet
2: all right nice fact checker john luke <laughs>
0: well speaking of Jean-Luc do you want to kick us off on what you're doing what you've been playing
3: yeah I guess speaking of game pass I've uh was checking out all the Bethesda games that just came to game pass this week specifically I wanted to check them out because they have the new uh fps boost that Microsoft has been doing that's something that I uh I I really like care about Um, backwards compatibility and preservation and so i've been loving what microsoft has been doing the last couple years you know bringing um 360 and original xbox games to the xbox adding things like higher like you could play like oblivion in 4k which is like really yeah (laughs) can't even
0: do that on pc without a mod i was trying to do that earlier and i was like oh no it's it's not an option
3: uh, yeah, you could do it. I don't know if it <laughs> j- benefits the game, but I mean, it's it's cool. It's cool that it's there. Um, and they've been adding like a like the new Series X has Auto HDR, and now they're adding this thing called Frame Boost, which is essentially that without touching the code, Xbox can go back to games that originally would have been capped at 30 frames a second, and now can get them to run up to 60 or even 120 in some cases, which is crazy. And uh, they as part of their like big Bethesda thing, they did it for Skyrim, uh, Dishonored 1, Prey, and then Fallout 4 and Fallout 76. And so uh, out of curiosity, I tested all of them, except for Fallout 76, because I didn't really want to install it right <laughs> now. I was like, I'm good. I don't really need to see it.
0: We, we played a good amount of Fallout 76 last year. That yeah, was enough guys- for a while, yeah.
2: I had a whole system going.
0: Yeah. I did a video on it and I never returned to it since
2: you're forgiven
0: for skipping (laughs) that.
2: Uh, It's,
3: it's so cool. It's I like, I, it, it, I mean, granted, it's like it's kind of boring because it's like, yep, they now run at 60 frames a second. But that is I think that's awesome.
0: But Prey is a game you tweeted about that, like, actually makes a huge difference having that
3: 60 frames. I'll get I'll get to Prey. Okay, this is all just to the punch. (laughs) Yeah, this is all just me trying to, like, lead up to talking about Prey um, because. (laughs) So, okay, I guess just to get right into it, Prey (laughs) is one of my favorite games of not only 2017, but of the last generation. It's so good. And nobody played it. Nobody played Prey. And to be fair, the console versions were not great. They ran at, at least specifically the Xbox version, it ran at 30 frames a second. And it would have horrible hitching. The loading times were like a minute long... It had really bad input lag that just made it very difficult to play. I think Callie, you played a little bit on Xbox.
2: I played a lot on Xbox, uh, which I would not recommend. I ended <laughs> up buying it on PC because it really was like I was just I would go on Twitter like every 10 minutes because I was loading into something and it would take like two <laughs> oh, minutes. Heavens.
0: I remember uh, near the end too, when you're like bouncing from one end of the station to the other and you're just running through loading, 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 loading. And I think yeah. I did it on PS4. And I remember thinking like, God, please. <laughs>
3: it, it really is a bummer because it was such a disservice to the game. Like if you weren't playing it on PC, it was not the ideal experience. And I, I imagine that is a, a, a factor for why that game uh, didn't get the love it deserved. But now not only is it on Game Pass, so you can just play it if you have Game Pass on PC and Xbox, but the Xbox version with the frame boost Runs at a solid 60. The loading times are now 10 seconds. They're extremely fast. It's all the input lag's gone. It's basically fixed everything with that game. And so now it is like the ideal experience. So this is my, my call to action. If you missed out on Prey, if if you didn't check it out, please check it out. It's very good. It's basically a System Shock 3. So all, I know people always talk about how that's one of the greatest games ever made, because it is. This is also one of the greatest games ever made because it's basically just a new system shock. It's extremely good. Please play it. You have no excuse now. Uh. (laughs) I think one of the
0: coolest mechanics, well, there's a lot of cool mechanics in that game, but one of my favorite mechanics is how every single person on that space station you can track through mm, like yeah. you can check a, a, a computer and look up every single person who works there. You can see their background. You can see their last known location and you can actually go to those locations and you can see if they're either alive or what they were doing last before they died. It, it, it It's really cool. It's something that I'd love to see more of explored.
3: Yeah. That, that game's attention to detail and world building is just like second to none. Everything feels so like, Well thought out in in a way Mm. that like, you know, like people talk about when people think of like Arcane, the developers of Prey, they think of like Dishonored 2 and like the Clockwork Mansion and how just like intricately like designed that is like it's maybe not as um, like mind blowing as like the Clockwork Mansion was or like the between the slab, the uh, one where you're traveling between time and Dishonored 2. But I think just like their level design in, in Prey is like top tier. It's so good. And the the way everything connects now that you don't have to go through a minute loading time, is really impressive. (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, And then on top of that, I just checked all the other games uh, because I was curious. Uh, And yeah, like you can play Dishonored 1 now at 60 frames a second, which is great. Uh, Same with um, uh, Fallout and Skyrim. Skyrim was giving me weird hitching. Like the characters kind of stutter when you're uh have the uh, the frame boost on you can turn it off on a game by game basis so if that's like annoying you you can just turn it off and it goes to 30 and it runs fine hopefully they can iron that out but it's i'm just so impressed at how xbox continues to offer these updates that give these games new life for for free where we're so used to, hey, you want to run the game at sixty frames a second and a higher frame rate? You gotta shell out thirty to fifty bucks for the you know new extended version. And it's like Microsoft's like, nah, man, we'll, we'll just do it ourselves. And here you go, it's a free update, and it's on Game Pass now, so you can just play it. Uh, so I'm, I I love that stuff. I it's it's a shame. I, I really wish Sony would like up their game and, and do something equivalent. Because I don't know, man. You go back and you try and play one of my other favorite games, Bloodborne, and it's still so bad. And you're like, man, but what if like they had that Microsoft tech and they could just make it <laughs> run at 60 frames a second? Oh! Instead, what the if?
0: community is like making hacks to break PlayStation yeah. Pros in order to <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> They're doing their own version of that.
0: Uh, do you have Game Pass, Dylan? Have you played Prey at all?
1: I okay, so I don't have the Game Pass um, mainly because I'm I'm somebody who I just kind of like pick a game and I just like play it for until I'm done with it. Mm, I'm jealous um, of
0: those people. <laughs> so yeah, for
1: for me, it's really like, I look at the game pass and like, that's a great deal. I will probably never pick it up, <laughs> and, but it's, I do think it's like the more they add to it, the more I'm like, but why not? It, it's, it's so wild. Um, but I, I was gonna say with that that sixty frames per second. I'm just waiting for that that you know that Bloodborne PC port you know that we we keep hearing about mm. so much.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of which, you have been playing some Bloodborne, Dylan. Mm-hmm. What's uh, how's that been going?
1: So I have been I've been playing through uh, Bloodborne. Uh, I've been playing through Bloodborne for my fourth time. I played it through twice on stream, which was really weird and interesting. Um, and it's kind of different. It, it, there's something about streaming or content creation in general where you're in a very different mindset. And so your engagement and immersion with the game is not the same as if you would just be like sitting on your couch playing it. Like right now, I'm just like st- standing here, just looking at stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I never noticed that before. But I'm actually playing through it in a different way. Um, like I went and fought like everything I could before fighting Vicar Amelia who like advances the time of the day and sort of changes Mm -hmm. the world state. So like I went and tackled uh, Hemwick Lane, which normally you don't do like, that's something that you would do after Vicar Amelia. And I was like, no, I'll go do that now. And it was interesting to see different aspects of it. And now knowing quite a lot more about the lore, being able to sort of break it down is interesting. And also, I, I don't like spoiling myself. So I, I have been avoiding watching speedruns for it. And I went back and watched a whole bunch of Bloodborne speedruns. I'm like, oh, this will make all this so much easier and be able to just kind of like <laughs> plow through bosses that I had so much trouble with now that I know the mechanics. And it's I I'm finally understanding like why Bloodborne is sort of the game that people gets people into like Souls-like games. Um, My partner was watching a video on it about a video on how like Bloodborne, it it rewards you by being aggressive is where Dark Souls is like, if you don't, if you go into it, you're going to die a lot and you have to learn from the death and the setback as opposed to Bloodborne where you can sort of adapt on the fly. It doesn't punish you as much for that aggression. Um, And being able to like utilize that is really important. And I'm sort of like rediscovering a lot of this stuff throughout like my playthrough but man, is it a good game? It's such, yeah. it's such a beautiful game.
0: I replayed it at the beginning of the, all the lockdowns and stuff. And then I ended up replaying it like four or five more times and making a bunch of different characters. <laughs> and it's, it's definitely one of my favorite, but I, I, I think I'm like going to hold that. Like, this is my little protest. I'm not going to play that game again until Sony gives it to us on PC or at least just a frame rate boost or something. Cause Go, I went back to that recently just to capture some footage, and it was like, whoa, after Demon Souls 2 on, on PlayStation 5. I mean, not even that. Like, even just playing Dark Souls 3 on PC, it's just like, please, please give me oh, 60.
3: yeah.
1: It's so good, though.
0: It's so good. Uh, you're also playing some Valheim as well?
1: Yeah, I have. Uh, so I last year, I got really into, at the beginning of, like, the lockdown and everything, I got really big into Raft um in the forest I, right yeah because so i because i started watching uh markiplier play the play raft, and i was like that game looks really cute but i actually have really bad philosophobia so i have a fear of the ocean so i wasn't sure i was going to be able to play it oh no yeah and i actually i'm not bothered by it at all and i don't know why um
2: even with the sharks
1: yeah it uh, the shark it doesn't bother me. I bully the shark at this point. I've <laughs> that's
2: like, <laughs> awesome. Like shout out to you for being able to play a game like that, even with that kind of fear. That's awesome.
1: Um, it's raft is adorable. Uh, I, I highly recommend it. That's one of those games that I feel like doesn't definitely get enough love. Cause you look at it and you're like, I don't know why this is fun, but there's something that's really beautiful about the way they put it all together. That just makes it so enjoyable. Um. But I played that, I played through the forest, I finally beat the forest, um, and then to scratch the itch of, I need more survival crafting games, uh, a friend of mine actually bought myself and my partner uh, a copy of Valheim, and we are like 40 hours deep at this point, and and absolutely loving it. It's such an incredible game. Like It's, it's really easy to see why it's so loved so far, and so successful. Like, if it released as it is now, for the price it's at now i there's it would be fine on its own but the fact that there's still more to come is just wild to me because there's so much to do and so much freedom and exploration it's 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 i it's definitely one of those games like i'm going to be here for quite some time and then i will revisit it
0: yeah it seems like they really nailed the whole early access business model there because they're, they very clearly outlined what they're going to do. They gave players a ton of content right off the bat to engage with and mess around with. It just, it just seems like such a good, like, like worth, worth time and money. Uh, I was playing quite a bit, but I know Matt Padgett, uh he has put in like a hundred hours already. Oof. And every time I play, cause I don't play that much, but every time I go back, it's just like new fortresses, 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 just like, off in the distance or whatever that he's, he's got like a fleet of ships. And I'm just like, Jesus, he's like, Here, here's a bunch of, uh, here's a bunch of iron. Go make yourself an iron yeah, sword. And iron, I'm just like, <laughs> and I'm just like
1: yeah. I, I feel like I've missed the whole like gameplay loop of this. <laughs> the, the cool thing about the crafting is it has a, it has like a physics system to it. That's I have, I have never experienced before in playing crafting games where it's the way the physics system work works is that you build one thing on the ground and that is considered foundational and then the further away you build from that that affects like the overall integrity of the structure so like when you start out you can't build more than like five pieces away from a foundation or else the building just starts collapsing Mm -hmm. and so like even the crafting is even that much more rewarding because you're navigating like a physics, like a quote unquote physics system, but you're navigating this, this foundational system as we other crafting games. It's like, well, I can just make all these weird things happen. Um, And like that really makes it engaging in terms of like, I want to build this thing, but just how, and you just kind of like sit and think with it. And there's this big success that doesn't come from just gathering the materials that you get from like maybe Minecraft or uh, the forest, but from like figuring out how to make that vision happen. That's really unique. And I think that's kind of awesome that they've been able to figure something out like that.
0: Yeah, that's something I never really thought about, but it's something I fought with a lot because I remember just one of the first houses I built, I couldn't figure out why part of my roof kept collapsing. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I should be okay. I see support. And it turns out like I had missed support on like the corner of the building and somewhere else that I just didn't realize. And I put that there and built it. And you just get this satisfaction. Like, there it is. I finally
3: put that piece of wood where I've been trying to put forever. (laughs) And if somebody just comes in and takes that one piece of wood away. Yep. thing. Yeah, that's what I do. I'm like trying to build it exactly the right way, but I know it'll like collapse. So what I do is I like put the roof on, and then I'm like, okay, if I can time it right, I can put the roof on, and then <laughs> I can attach the thing, and it'll it'll stay. <laughs> I I don't know if you guys have looked at the subreddit. Like I go there to oh, get inspiration. It's, it's mind blowing what people built. You mentioned physics. Somebody built like this insane a smithing system where like when you finish all of the ingots, like go down this like slide so they like land perfectly in this like one spot in front of you and it's like (laughs) this series of like pulleys and i'm like how did you even think to do that but that is so clever and i'm gonna go build that right now
1: The one thing that's been really fun is instead of, like, lo-fi beats in the background, I put on, like, time-lapse videos that are, like, 30 minutes long of people, like, leveling land and building and gathering materials. And that's, like, my background when I'm doing things now (laughs) is just watching these time-lapses of people (laughs) constructing buildings.
3: That's the one thing that I desperately want them to improve is, like, it's so hard to get straight leveling in the game. Like, you will just spend, like, I feel like I'd get it perfect. And then I'd be like, okay, I'm going to place this here and I'm going to place this there. And then I start moving it. And then it's like, nope, now it's like a foot off the ground on this side. And, but you, yeah, you go to like videos on YouTube and somebody has like figured out how to perfectly just smooth leveling. And it's like, it's like one of those weird, um, uh, what, what are they called just like really satisfying videos like where you watch like pasta cut or something you're just like, like watching somebody like yeah like r
1: slash oddly satisfying yeah <laughs> but, it's,
3: but it's somebody smoothing the terrain out in velheim and i'm like ooh, <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> figured it out <laughs> uh kelly what's new with animal crossing it's actually a big week isn't it
2: um yeah there's a big update coming out um i don't know i I've been having a lot of bad brain days, so I just like can't do anything. So I just play Animal Crossing. I also watch Time Left's videos of speed builds in Animal Crossing. Um, less physics, a lot less physics involved in that, but still. Um, yeah, and the the update has a lot of quality of life features. I actually misread the tweet. So it was like 50 new design slots. I read it as 50 design slots across custom, like the, the regular ones, like that you use for paths or whatever. And then the pro ones that you would use for like clothes. And I was like, that's so many. I can't believe it. Finally, more design slots like this, the, the possibilities. Wow. And then I read it again. And it was 50 each. And I was like, that's too many. I'm scared. <laughs> like that's so many. I don't know, like the, my game is going to lag out cuz I'm going to have so many different paths or something. So, um that is pretty nuts. I was not ready for that. Uh I wasn't expecting that many, but that's something that everybody's been asking for since like day 1. It's like I need more design slots for all my cool designs that I want to do. Um so that opens up I I already struggle so much with designing my island. Um I'm, I'm not a very creative person and I don't have a lot of vision. I try my best, but, um, this is going to make it even harder. So that it'll be interesting. Um, and they also are adding like a first anniversary cake item, which is interesting because, uh, they did these kinds of items for pocket camp. Um, a lot of like, you know, I think that game has been out since 2017. So a lot of like, um, zodiac items like the whatever year of whatever animal it was i can't i know this year is ox but i can't remember the order of them because my like i said my brain doesn't really work right but um they would do like uh yearly stuff like limited time yearly stuff in pocket camp and so it's interesting to see the uh anniversary item idea make its way into new horizons i'm curious if like like they apparently, I think it's gonna just like show up in your mailbox from Nintendo uh, when you download the update. So I'm like, I wonder what happens if you buy the game after that. Do you not get it? Stuff like that. Very curious about um Bunny Day. Looks like it's gonna be a week shorter <laughs> than it was last. Oh thank year. God! But, uh, oh,
1: thank <laughs> I think they nerf
2: they nerf Bunny Day a little bit. So I, I'm not 100 <laughs> percent sure on this. Um, but. The tweet said that there would be Bunny Day items available in Nook's Cranny from March 28th to April 4th. Um, Usually, the items are only available as long as the event is around. So that makes me assume that the event will be March 28th to April 4th. Gives some overlap with cherry blossom season, but not as much. Uh, Cherry blossom season is the 1st to the 10th of April. um, So that's a little bit better. Last year, it was like completely overlapped with cherry blossom season. It was absolute chaos. and they're adding new Bunny Day items to to get, which is interesting because it's like, yeah, if you did Bunny Day already, you definitely have everything because it was twelve days long and you had all the time in the world to get all the items. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of cool. I it's not my favorite of the Animal Crossing holidays, but it's it's interesting to see because that kind of shows me the direction that we're going in for year two and and, and the potential of further updates. Um, and there's some, like, more seasonal items. There's, like, a prom series of items that they're adding, which I don't understand <laughs> at all. Uh,
1: I mean, they, they I did, did a whole wedding, so, that's true. They, why, you know, that's why true. not? <clears throat> uh,
2: yeah, so this time it's prom. I think that's coming in, like, April or May to prep for prom season. I only went to one prom, <laughs> and I wasn't a big well, deal
0: no one went to prom last year so maybe they're uh, <laughs> trying to oh <laughs> no <laughs> wow well I, I was just, it's true well, maybe some people went to prom but i don't think many Aww. people do. I,
3: I wish it was more of like an event though i want to like invite one of my villagers to prom oh like, and have like a little thing at the top i invite Aww, benji that'd be so cute. He's, re- he's really cute you he's have like, benji like, or no wait do i have benji or do i have walker Georgia, which one do I have? Do I have Benji or do I have Walker? (laughs) I have Walker? She has Benji. I have Walker. They're both (laughs) dumb dogs and we love them dearly. I'll invite Walker. She'll invite Benji to prom. It'll be great.
2: I almost, I went villager hunting the other day because uh, I let a villager, I have, it was Fauna. I have her Amiga card. So I was like, yeah, she can move out and I'll get somebody else. And I saw Benji. I mean, his full name is uh, Benjamin. And I have a dog named Benji in real life. So I was like, should I get Benji? But there's also a villager named Lucy. That's my other dog's name. And I was like, I don't want Lucy. She's a pig. I don't like her face. Um, So I can't have Benji, but not Lucy. That wouldn't be fair. Uh, So I decided against Benji, but I looked him up. And in Japanese, his name is Hachi, like Hachiko. Um, Oh, which is really cute so uh that's a cool fact about the animal crossing villager pension um yeah i i you know i saw brewster was trending yeah yesterday when they announced the the update i was like all right i I don't think we can keep trying to manifest this into existence think it's just you gotta be patient i'm I, I'm gonna hold out hope that it'll happen. And in the meantime, I'll enjoy all my custom design slots for all my interior interior decorating needs because so I do all these interior decorating things now. So this is this is all I have. You know, I really can't get my brain to function. I can't start anything new. I can't focus on anything. All I have is animal crossing. So uh, this is all I've been thinking about twenty four seven for the last twenty four hours. well yeah, twenty so not twenty four seven. That would imply a whole week. Never mind. Goodbye. The end.
0: But I mean, don't forget to talk about your uh, uh Instagram, your, your oh, Animal yeah. Crossing Instagram, because <laughs> that's been pretty cool. You say you said you're not very creative earlier, but you've done some awesome photos there.
2: Oh, thank you. Uh yeah, I made an Animal Crossing Instagram account because it's the only social media that I enjoy anymore. Um, and it's really like just really wholesome community on there that posts like really, really creative builds and a lot of stuff that's really inspirational to me. Um, so that's at Inky Crossing, Inky.crossing um, on brand and all of that, but easier to spell. I don't have to spell that one. So I finally made a username. I don't have to spell. Um, but yeah, I shout out to Jake for helping me edit the photos because I don't know what <laughs> i like to spell. I take the photos and I'm like, uh, can you make it look moodier, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I, I, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with that still plugging away at persona five Royal I'll finish eventually. Uh, and then I'm going to immediately start it again to min max and max everybody out. I cannot wait for that. <laughs> and then when I finish it, I'm going to start strikers also. Uh, so I have big plans, but like I said, brain don't work. Can't start anything new. I just watched 90 Day Fiance and make my island an Animal Crossing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I won't spend too much time talking about what I've been playing because I've been playing Smash Bros, which I talked about last week. I'm trying to get good at it. I'm trying to get really good at Super Smash Bros, which turns out it's a commitment. I've been watching YouTube tutorials. Part of me thinks that I've just hit my peak with Smash. I don't think I'll ever get better. But then I regularly play against friends online who are better than me and it infuriates me. So I'm <laughs> practicing and trying to get better.
3: Ah, oh, uh, we should bring back Community Fridays and have you challenge people. Like our We audience. should, but
0: then my friends will join and beat me and I'll never hear the end of it. And then
2: he'll get in trouble because he'll get so angry.
0: Yeah, I I might say a bad word or two.
3: (laughs) You'll have to explain, no, I know that guy. My ass is
1: canned. (laughs) It's all right. You can can beat me because I have not played since it launched. It's it's been a while. Do
2: a pity match. That sounds good. Really, really quick, (laughs) Jake, before you can can continue. uh, I saw a tweet. and I don't know what game it was for. I think it was a fighting game, but there was a tournament in Japan specifically called the salary man tournament and you had to be representing an office like a company and it was oh, only really? for people who were like salaried workers so you're not competing against kids who have all day to practice you
0: <laughs> should do a do a a, a games journalist
1: bracket
2: salary man like bracket that. i yeah. i'm into that for competitions i don't want to be competing with 17 year olds who have nothing to lose you know
1: Do a a a non Smash community one, so it's like no, like no people show up at locals, no people (laughs) have been to like
0: (laughs) Evo. But yeah, that game is deep. (laughs) The game is real deep. I thought I understood Super Smash Bros. pretty well, and now I'm like digging into these more complex combos and moves and strategies. And it's just, it's incredible watching these pro players and how quick they can react, how quick they can. Just come up with combos on the fly. I I mean, like, I'm sure this is the case for any fighting game, but I've never really been that into fighting games except for Smash Bros. And even then, I never really followed professional players. So this is just kind of like a whole new world, in a sense, and it is incredibly overwhelming. I don't know if I'll get any better. I'll probably do this for about a month, and then I'll just get mad and stop. No, 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 Jake.
3: When everything goes back to normal and they have Evo again, you need to go... To Vegas for Evo, and you need to enter. You uh-huh. need to do it. Yes. Yes. It doesn't matter. It'll be fun. I'll, here, me and Michael will come with you. We'll enter into like, I don't know, like Skullgirls or something, and we'll lose in the first round. We'll all have a good time. Okay. All right. That'd be fun. <laughs> and then we'll uh, just go get drunk somewhere.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm on board.
1: <laughs> all right. The uh, win
0: win. Yeah. yeah. Drunkenly call all the people who beat me nerds and. Uh, other than that though i've been playing oblivion uh it is very close to the 15th anniversary i think that happened saturday so i've been working on a video about it uh i've already captured more than i need for that video but i'm still playing it after work because i'm really enjoying it i didn't forget how much i love that game because i that you know that's one of my favorite games but i think i'm surprised at how into it i am considering how heavily that game has been memed and how much I've played in the past, but I'm like genuinely like excited to play more, go to the different guilds. There's so much that I've forgotten too, that a lot of it feels fresh. And there's so much that I just didn't see. Like some of the random side quests you, you you run into, like there's one that I actually did on stream. I forget what it's called, but basically uh, someone approaches you in, Imper- in the Imperial city and they're like, Hey, my husband wants me to find you because the, because our city is in danger and you go in, and you find this like group of middle-aged vampire slayers who are too old to actually kill any vampires Oh,
1: i know what you're talking yeah. about yeah and they're like,
0: <laughs> so we need you to do it and there, there's a good twist to it and everything like that but it, it's it's really good i don't know there's something about the quest in that game that <laughs> skyrim didn't quite capture i feel like fallout 3 kind of had some of it but they're so good i yeah i'm really enjoying replaying i definitely recommend people to give it a shot especially now that it's on game pass i think it might be a bit difficult to go to if you know all you've played is skyrim but i think once you get past that initial hump of realizing like yeah this isn't going to have all the fundamentals and uh uh, quality of life stuff that skyrim has you'd probably enjoy it i think mostly just because of not the writing but the quests and the situations you're put in i think are i think are pretty good
1: there's a lot more like I always felt like there was a lot more just wild imagination with Oblivion mm-hmm, than because mm-hmm. I, I love Skyrim um, and like I love the Fallout games and like Fallout 4 is one of my favorite games of all time. But there's something specific about Oblivion, like the the Brotherhood quest where you have to you're in a house and it's literally just uh, um I can't remember the author's name, but it's a, no- a novelist where you have to kill everybody in the house and not be yeah. seen. And that quest, there's so many different ways to do that quest. And you can, like, get two people to, in the end, like, think that it's either of them. And I'd take all the weapons out of the house and I'd put a war hammer in the middle floor. <laughs> and I'd be like, this person's trying to kill you. And they both run for it. And whoever gets it first wins. <laughs> and, like, it's, it, there's Let's so much game. freedom and so, so much wacky stuff that also makes sense in the context. So it's not, like, world-breaking and that's so cool about Oblivion. Yeah, I've been having a blast. I
0: definitely recommend people to give it a shot, especially if you've got an Xbox and Game Pass. Might as well, uh, especially with that uh, 4K too, right? You can yeah see get that, all, that see all the detail.
1: <laughs> I don't want to see those polygons in 4K. <laughs> yeah, I was oh yeah, the say. faces in that game are terrifying.
3: <laughs> <laughs> hey, does what's really. <laughs> Go ahead, really is like I was gonna say, none of the UI scales, so it's just like really blurry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like all the magic symbols are just like I can't even read what that <laughs> says. But that face is super
2: crisp. Great. Don't want to look
3: at it anymore.
2: Ideal way God. to play. Uh, I was gonna ask if Oblivion has uh, a kid, like the kid in White Run, that basically is like, I'll fight you, I'll fight your mom, I'll no fight kids. your dog. No kids. There's children. no children. And you can no add that until
3: movie. Bethesda didn't know how to make children. Until
2: Actually, that's probably and, fair. And when we
0: say children, children. It's like they're like small adults. That like Cyberpunk has people. those kinds of
2: children <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah. The weird scaled no down how adults. How
1: <laughs> they have they have shrunk adult disease where they're all just clearly somebody <laughs> just, just
2: scaled it down.
1: Brought yeah, and the heads are still like weirdly disproportionate, <laughs> and their faces are like, weirdly
2: adult
0: yeah and and bethesda kids always have to be incredibly sassy to you yeah <laughs> like they, they can't be nice to you they always have to come up to you and just call you like a piece of shit or something like that like i think of that kid in megaton and fallout 3 who like run i think he's like his dad is the sheriff or something yeah like, my yeah. dad can beat you up or something like, and then he kill I'm, his dad
3: I'm, and he becomes sheriff and yeah that <laughs> <it> got dark
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, that's what I've been up to. Let's move on to topics this week. And we are back with topics. So there wasn't a whole lot we wanted to get into this week. However, we think it might be worth talking about Game Pass. We've already talked a lot about Game Pass on this. episode. This is the Game Pass <laughs> episode, to be honest. Uh, but there's a lot of cool stuff. I think the big one is that Octopath Traveler, which was a nintendo switch exclusive is coming to game pass next month just kind of announced it out of blue they didn't even announce that the game is coming to xbox they were just like it's coming to game pass like there was no lead up to it at all like it just seems strange to just announce it directly in the game
1: pass is Is, i'm getting at it is it only because because octopaths on steam now isn't it Oh, I think it is on Steam now. So, is it is it that like it might be coming to like the PC version, or is it just straight up like you can play Octopath on your Xbox? Because if no. that's the case, that's pretty wild. It's on yeah,
0: Xbox. Played on yeah. Xbox. Wow. I think starting like March twenty eighth. Uh, but it seemed like a big month. Like I got a list here. So out now is Undertale. Which,
3: yeah, Callie, it's, I know that's one of your favorites. It's, it's rated teen now because they added a slot game. machine.
2: It's rated teen. <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah, Toby Fox made a joke about it. I don't know if he was serious, but I I think he was being serious because I think if you add gambling, any form of gambling to your game, it like immediately oh, really yeah. ups the rating. Uh, So there you go. I'm going to play Undertale all again just so I can do the T-rated Wait,
2: was version. What was, <laughs> was, was it rated before? <laughs> Was it know. E? Was it E because I feel like that game is too dark to be up. E for yeah. everyone. Yeah,
1: there's <laughs> some really rough themes in that one that you like know. made me cry multiple yeah, times and like, question my whole life. Haunting
2: haunting scenes that <laughs> have stuck with me forever like Hold on, let me
0: Oh, Jean-Luc's going to grab a physical coffee. It
3: doesn't say, it doesn't say <laughs>
2: it's, <like> it's unrated.
3: <laughs> unrated on this fan gamer box I oh, never
2: mind i have the fan va- <laughs> i have the fan gamer version also somewhere um actually you know what i have i have i have the fan gamer box on switch and on vita <laughs> Oops.
3: i remember you vita, got the vita wow
2: i don't know why i got the vita version i just had a moment where i was like why not
1: <laughs> what if I
3: own every version of Undertale?
1: I was Why not? about to say probably for the same reason I have five or six different versions of the first Dark Souls. You know, yeah. it's like oh, I could just get it for yeah. this one too. I, Why not?
2: I also I need to replay Undertale because I originally played that game on my MacBook for some godforsaken reason, and I I completed uh, like genocide on my MacBook with no mouse. Oh. So. <laughs> I just, Undertale is a lot. Anyway, (laughs) I would highly recommend it. Very
3: good.
0: Uh, Next up, uh, for March 18th, there'll be Empire of Sin, which comes to console, PC, and Cloud. Is that just X-Cloud? That's that's like you can play on your phone. Uh, Oh, okay. I didn't realize that that was a separate thing. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. uh, Nier, uh, coming to PC, Star Wars Squadrons, console and Torchlight 3 PC. March 25th, there will be more. Genesis Noir, that's when Octopath Traveler comes out to console and PC. Uh, Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire Ultimate Edition is coming to PC. Superland is coming to PC. And Yakuza 6, The Song of Life is coming to console PC and Cloud. Has Yakuza 6 already been on Xbox? Or is it... Because I know they've been kind of delayed with releasing Uh, those, right?
3: That might be the first time it's coming to xbox and pc um i think yeah i want to say i want to say yes i want to say that is that is that'll be the first time it is on anything other than playstation
0: that's pretty cool i feel like if you got into yakuza because of yakuza zero on game pass you've had the
3: opportunity to like play through all of those (laughs) they're all there every single yakuza game is on game pass now except for seven because that's super recent but it yeah, I got I no st- excuse. You got all the yakuza. Play that
1: one. Those games, I watched a let's play of four a long time ago and I I just remember I had never heard of it before and I remember if you've never seen a yakuza game and don't know anything about it, go go play <laughs> any one of them because it's such it's it transcends itself it's so wild in every direction that i can't do it justice
0: uh and to continue there's on march 30th is narita boy april 1st which is outriders which is actually when the game comes out that one's pretty big i don't think we talked about outriders at all on the podcast but i know you played some of it didn't you Jean luc Or you oh,
3: oh i did yeah i had that that, that's a good sign that game that game i don't know if i want to go too deep into it um but basically i don't know how i feel about it well first off i hated the intro like it's got a terrible terrible intro it's like 45 minutes long and it's all dialogue and exposition and there's like no context for anything and it's super boring and you're like i don't care about any of this then there's like a, a plot shift that happens and then you're like, OK, this is now really <laughs> weird, I guess. Uh, I, I could just say, because I mean, there's a demo, you can play it. Everyone kind of knows. But like the whole idea is that these people are like Earth is doomed um, and there's like the last refuge of humanity is trying to like find a new planet to start over on. They find this new planet everything seems good for a little bit. You kind of play the intro where you first land. And then it turns out there's like a weird alien storm that fries all technology and kills people and sometimes gives them superpowers. And that basically uh, ruins your peaceful mission. And then you get injured, you get put in a cryostasis, you wake up 30 years later and then everything turns into like this insane Mad Max world where it, (sighs) how can i describe it it feels like a weird throwback to like when gears of war was the game that everyone was trying to replicate like you know you remember like fuse or mm-hmm. like those kinds like like an army yeah. of two like that weird like bro kind of like cover shooter <laughs> yeah. it's like people can fly said hey what if we make that in 2021 but also it's like a live service destiny game and you're like what's that's weird. So like everyone in the dial, all the dialogue, it, it, Phil, Phil Hornshaw, one of our editors described it as everyone just seems drunk all the time. And they're just <laughs> yelling at each other. <laughs> like, The story is like kind of that shit in a way that like the, that first 45 minutes is like very straight and, and boring. And you're like, this is just kind of whatever generic sci-fi. And then it takes this hard shift and you're like, okay, I'm kind of interested in it now, even though it's very strange. Um, I don't know if I like, actually playing it enough as like a, a thing where I would keep going like as as like a live service game, but it does seem like it has like a proper story that you <laughs> could play through. And if it's free on game pass, I mean, heck, that's a a good incentive to check it out. Uh, I also think it has cross play. So um, I think it does. yeah if you have an Xbox or I guess even um, well, no, I think it's just Xbox, I don't think it's PC. um but if if you have an Xbox, you got no excuse because then you can just play with your friends on whatever platform they get. Uh, so, I'm more interested in it than I initially was. I still don't know if it's good, but it's it's weird. It's a weird game.
0: Yeah, I I'm not super sold on it. I think I'll try it, but yeah, yeah.
1: I've tried Destiny one and two, and I've tried I and Anthem makes me sad, um, but I. I look at it and I think the thing is just going to be the gameplay loop because one of the biggest things I, I, lo- I love Borderlands. All three Borderlands games I love and they're just looter shooters, but I don't know why I can play Borderlands but I can't play any other looter shooters out there.
3: I think Borderlands has that like single player beginning, middle and end structure to it.
1: Yeah, that, 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 that does makes make it easier. sense.
3: Which this game, to be fair, seems like it's going for more of that. Like the, <clears throat> the live service stuff feels very like bolted on like everything I played in that demo just felt like a single player experience that happens to have like multiplayer and and certain like live mm. service elements. It, it, it's very strange. Um so maybe maybe this would scratch that itch if you're in a borderlands. maybe
1: maybe I yeah, I don't know. I there's something about and I'm not against like like long grindy games and stuff like that, but at some point I just sort of lose. Because Destiny, I love like when it came out, it was the only thing I played, and then I hit the point where I'm like, I'm just grinding light levels to get more gear to do the raid, and I'm like, I, I just, just, I just want to play the raid. Can, can we get like a baby raid for people who don't have the light gear and don't want to run weeklies? Um, Cause I work two jobs basically. So like, mm. and I, but I, I wanted to. And so like, I've been kind of waiting for a looter shooter like that to grab me and outriders I've gotten, I've heard from like, it's good, but. Eh, from pretty much everyone who's played it. So I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll just watch somebody else play it at some point and do a judgment based on that.
0: Yeah the the other big thing, the last big thing is EA play is coming to game Pass for PC. I think it's already there actually. I think they announced yesterday that it would be there today, which is something that took a while. That's big. If you've got game Pass for PC, you can play a bunch of EA play games. Uh, that's pretty much it for topics. let's let's just move right on to listener questions. Remember, if you have questions for us, you can email us at Podcast at redventures.com or, you can leave a message in our Discord server. If you want to join our Discord server, just DM myself or Jean-Luc and we will drop you right into that server. And there is a whole channel there for questions. You can ask away, uh, but the first one comes from Hen Dubs. Callie, do you want to read this one?
2: Yes. Hi, folks. I started playing Valheim recently, and I didn't end up looking at the sky until night was falling. When I saw the world tree and lights above me, it stopped me in my tracks as I spent a few minutes just enjoying the scenery. It reminded me of the first time I stood on the ring world in Halo, as well as seeing the real northern lights while visiting Iceland. What are some of your favorite stand-and-stare moments or places in video games?
0: I mean, we've talked about it a lot, but I feel like that moment in Dark Souls three, I think before you cross the bridge into
1: God, I don't remember. Oh, what. Irithyll. Irithyll, yes. yeah, And
0: yeah. and you look over and like the moon is over the, the castle and it looks really cool. And then pretty much every time you look to the sky in Bloodborne, it's just like oh you
1: know, yeah. Yeah. Or at the end of the game in Dark Souls three, when it's you're standing in that place and there's the dark sigil in the sky mm, and like the like yeah. the corona burning around it. It's so wild.
3: The spe- specifically, I'd say for Bloodborne, it's the moment where the 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 pale blood moon kicks in. Yeah. And you like walk out, and it's like the reveal of like what's really happening and what everything really looks like, and you're like, holy shit! Uh, going back to another earlier game we were talking about, Oblivion. I think that game, just like th- that, the moment where you walk out of the sewer and you just see the world, like that. You know, with like the the dock and the river, and then there's like the um the uh ruin on like that little island. Like that mm-hmm. image is just burned into my brain yeah. for probably like till I die. Like it's not even like the best vista by like video game standards, but there's just something like it, it just like invokes in my brain. Like like I, I think about like that game and like like this feeling of like I can go anywhere.
1: Yeah, uh, I figure like really sticks with me. That's, like, what, circa 2007? And you're out in this and- world that's 2006. And that you got to figure, like, that That game in 2006 is huge. Like, Morrowind was, mm-hmm. like, you can go anywhere, but most things will kill you, as where, right. like, Oblivion, for the most part, was, like, leveled to you. So, like, you could just guess I could just go anywhere.
0: Yeah, I think it's more the idea of that scene. <laughs> like, when you step out, and there wasn't the world fog, which is something that was in Morrowind. So even when you did get up high, or you yeah. couldn't see that far because... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Really foggy, but Oblivion didn't have that, so you could step out and actually see the mountains way off in the distance rendered that you could actually go to. And I think that's what's powerful. I, I think Fallout. I mean, just Bethesda is really good at making those moments of just like
3: oh Fallout Three, yeah, Fallout Three when you first yeah. get out of the
0: vault. I think part of that was due to the fact that that intro was pretty long, and you're in a vault just talking to people, taking tests. and Yeah, you're stuff. It,
3: you're itching to get out of there.
0: Start out as sure. a baby says so, you know it takes a while. Anything come to mind for you, Callie?
2: Yeah, for me, I think there's a lot of these moments in Sekiro. So, uh, oh
1: yeah. I mean,
2: I think like it's just a stunning game. Generally, I for me, like, there's a lot more that I want to look at than in something like Dark Souls. Dark, wow, I can't talk today. Dark Souls or Bloodborne. Um, I I mean, that's a big part of the reason I played Sekiro. So it was my first Soulsborne kind of game, first FromSoft game. Um, yeah, like I think about the giant snake a lot. <laughs> uh
1: Oh god, that or, thing is terrifying. Or
2: like just on the way to that moment where you're you have this view of like like you're on cliffs, like a cliffside. Um So I think about that a lot. Um I'm trying to think, I don't know. I don't it's hard. I feel like I play a lot of games that don't have, like, vistas. <laughs> like, I play a lot <laughs> of games.
0: <laughs> what about Destiny? Because it, it, Bungie's always super good at making I mean, those skyboxes. any
3: skybox in, in Destiny looks amazing. The Dreaming City, in particular, is just, like, like the art direction of that. It, it's probably their best work. It looks so good from pretty much any angle. And and, yeah. and maybe in the Dreaming City, in particular, because it was, like, a surprise. It was, like, you weren't expecting to get it as like a area, so when you like beat the Forsaken expansion, you're like, oh, I'm done, and then they're like, no oh, we got one more thing, and then you're like, This is so sick! It's like got this like weird fantasy space elf vibe, but like in Destiny. Ah, oh, looks so good. Yeah, yeah, those guys know how to do skyboxes so well.
1: I I think the um I actually I wrote an article a long time ago on how much I love Bungie's skyboxes. Like all of them are so good um i i think I, skyrim has a lot of moments like i would have said halo because i've been playing halo yeah. for two-thirds right. of my life uh i dear listener i agree with you um <laughs> but uh the skyrim has a really pretty night sky and like the multiple yeah. moons of the plane of mundus all like all like have phases that one's wild but i think that the two the the one that always really hits me was and there's um is in Breath of the Wild when you come out for the first Mm. time and Mm -hmm. you look on Hyrule everyone cites that one but and that was like I remember doing that was like wow that's really pretty but the one that blew my mind was just there's a clip of me finding one of the uh, mild spoilers for Breath of the Wild it's been five years whatever um was seeing a dragon for the first time Mm because I just remember looking off into the distance and there's just this weird shape just moving and i'm like what the heck is that i have to go look at this and it looked like in my brain it looked like the scene from the haunting in connecticut when like the ectoplasms like coming out of the the kid when he's like possessed and because it was just this mash of shapes and then getting closer and just i think i spent 15 minutes of a stream where i'm supposed to be entertaining people just going (laughs) wow (laughs) because it's not like it's not like like Dungeons and Dragons or, um, or like, uh, like Skyrim where it looks like that's a thing that you fight. It's just this, it's feels like it's part of this greater tapestry. And it's just so natural that it happens that it like my, my it was just this moment of awe for me. And I think that one was a really big one for that.
3: Hey, one more. That's like a weird one. Cause it's not the Vista itself. I think it, it, you're kind of used to it at that point, but the ride to Mexico in red yeah. dead and i think yeah. it's, uh, to be fair it's largely because of the the music and the atmosphere with the scenery but like i don't know that that game nails the old west so well and just like oh. traveling through uh it, it, it's i don't i can't think of a, a game that has ever truly captured that like except mm-hmm. for maybe red dead 2 the,
1: <laughs> the atmosphere <laughs> yeah. Um, Uh, Gun on the original Xbox If you remember that game (laughs) Oh I remember that game, played a lot of that game
2: I thought of another one really quickly For the Vistas uh, Is uh, Hades Um, But it's like, it would be spoilers for Hades To explain it, but there's a point where you can like Look out over uh, uh, There's a couple points I guess throughout the game Where like when you hit like uh, Midpoints like transitioning From one section Of hell to the next or whatever um, Where you can like look out if you stand at a certain point and the camera will pan, those are really nice.
1: I still, I need to. So I'm a mythologist who streams. I was
2: going to ask if you uh, played yeah, Hades. I,
1: I have not played it, <laughs> but I have next to me a foot tall pile of, of Greek mythology books. So I can brush up again. You should I
2: probably play Hades.
1: <laughs> are a voice in a sea of voices. That the, Yeah, I know I need to, it looks so much fun. And, I love everything Supergiant Games has ever done. I have signed sheet music from Darren Korb. Like, I love, love those games and love that studio. I need to get back to that game and finish it. Escape. Fantastic. Uh, next question
0: is from Rhea. That Sony patent for a banana controller has been causing me to have sleepless nights for the past two weeks. If you could use any what? inanimate object as a game controller, oh, yeah. what would you choose? Is this yeah, news that was to me. A-
3: yeah, I mean, that's <laughs>
0: I, I, okay, hold on. Let me Google this so I can look it up. But I saw that and I was like, that seems like a fun question. We should probably talk about the banana controller, but I didn't actually so, wait, research it at all.
3: Is it like actually, <laughs> is it just shaped like a banana or is it like you're using a banana as a Oh, controller? it auto-filled. <laughs>
0: sony, sony has filed a patent for a system that could turn bananas and other household items into playstation controllers sony interactive inc has filed a patent to convert inanimate objects into game controllers the system could potentially work with anything from coffee mugs depends this sounds like something for vr
2: so cite your source
0: uh business insider it was just <laughs> it was just text that popped up on google so i didn't click into an article
2: uh it, like, like in the way that like potatoes can be used to like as batteries? Is that, <laughs> yeah. is that the thinking? So, or? A, like...
0: I don't think so. I, I bet it'll be something for, this sounds like something would be used for PlayStation VR, like scan okay. it and then like your headset would track it so you can like here's a banana i'm gonna hit a bad guy with a banana
3: okay i'm thinking like i take a banana and i put like some thumbtacks in it and i like make my own buttons on it and yeah
2: that was was where my head went
0: first and then i looked it up which i should have done in the first place but you know if
2: you could use any inanimate object as a game controller what would you use uh i I
1: had a thought the sword i read this was Okay, so do you remember the chainsaw controller from Resident Evil 4 oh, that yeah. was on the GameCube? Yep. Yes. I would want a real chainsaw to be retrofitted to play Resident Evil 4, and I want to be able to pull the ripcord to reload. That's I would do that.
3: <laughs> yeah. Can I like buy one of those like um Gears of War like replica lancers and I can like
1: actually play Gears of War with it? <laughs> like a light gun shooter. Like a,
3: like a- yeah,
2: <laughs> I like that. I like that.
3: Bring the connect back. I had behind my couch perfect perfect knee-high cover push your couch forward just so- <laughs>
2: yeah just so i can
3: hide. <laughs> i can bunker down
1: i don't think i've ever heard somebody say bring the connect back that's that's a new sentence Look, in the english language
3: when anya calls you you got to put your finger to your ear so you can listen to her anya <laughs>
1: you yell that
3: it's perfect i i the one thing
0: I miss about connect connect is you could say Xbox use a code and then you'd put your 25 yeah. long digit redeemable code and it would just do it for you. Instead, you just have to enter manually, which is fine for Sony cause it's like 12 characters, but Xbox is 25. It's ridiculous. Yeah.
2: Back in my day, we would get a uh, keyboard attachments for our, our Xbox controllers and oh, the, that's yeah, how you one. would use oh, chat. Yeah. Oh
1: gosh, so. I remember that. <laughs>
2: I think we still have that somewhere. This is an interesting question because there are plenty of controllers that are based on inanimate objects. I'm trying to think of something that'd be weird because, like, light gun, there's, you know, guitars, drums. Uh, Could you use, like, a pet? Could you, like, pick up your dog, though? I, I mean, so I that's, that's what so. I was, that's where I was going with it is, like, I want a controller that my dog can use and I want to like see. Like a living weapon. Because, like, did you guys see that news about how pigs can play video games or whatever?
1: Yes. No. Yeah. What? <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, I didn't really actually read into it so I don't know any specifics at all, but I saw the headline about how pigs can play video games and I was like, that tracks cuz I'm pretty sure pigs are pretty intelligent. Not I mean they're smarter than dogs. So I want to see what my dog does. Um except the like she'll watch TV, like she'll sit here and watch TV with us and then if a dog comes on the TV, she'll bark at it. So like it could be really interesting. So anything that she could use, a squeaky toy. I don't know, that's my pick.
0: This I, I searched it. I'm on BBC now. Uh, it says <laughs> Hamlet hits the arcade hoping to win big. Pigs can play video games, scientists found, after putting four fun loving swine to the test.
2: His name is Hamlet.
0: And yeah, and Hamlet's Hamlet's using his nose to move a control stick or a joystick. That's
2: oh. cute.
0: I love that. I'll, Job I'll, I'll put it in chat. J- Hamlet, it's it's Hamlet, Omelette, Ebony, and Ivory. We're trained to use arcade style <laughs> joysticks to what steer a- an on screen cursor. Oh, what a <laughs>
2: selection of
1: names.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think a, a sword might be cool. I'd probably injure myself if not someone else, though. So that probably wouldn't be a good idea.
1: Like from the Cold Steel commercials. They have like the really huge eight foot claymores that you can just you can just buy them. Oh really? <laughs> have you not seen those? No. Go when this is over. You need to go look up the Cold Steel commercials. It's a treat.
3: I think I know what you're talking about. That rings a bell.
1: It's it's dude base. Long story short. Yes. Yes. Guy I, comes out with like phil swift from flex seal energy and is like i'm gonna cut this pig in half and cut this water bottle in half and they have a whole line of cold steel like medieval weaponry that you can and the man's just
3: wearing like like an average like tie blue blue collar shirt like he's just he just looks like a normal office man but he walks out with a katana
0: I have a friend who's like very into medieval weaponry and armor and whatnot. And for a Halloween one year, he showed up to a Halloween party in a full suit of armor, like metal armor, just walked right in. Not even like
2: replica made out of warblah, like actual metal armor. Metal,
0: yeah, yeah, just showed up in his full suit of armor. Last question here is from Kevin from West Hartford. Hey, After Dark crew. After the heavily rumored Switch update this year, what could Nintendo's next move possibly be for their next console? I feel like after the Switch, they can't take a step back and make an exclusively handheld or TV console. This is this is the big question of the week, I think. We've there's been plenty of rumors. We've talked about it briefly, but I kind of wanted to dig into this and see what people's thoughts are on what Nintendo can do next. And remember, too, if it, 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 we have a show called Console Crew and they cover this stuff regularly, but we haven't really dived into it on the podcast yet so i figured now would be a good time any thoughts
1: um they need to beat sony to the banana console they got a patent that first before <laughs> them
2: for, for donkey Kong country it it oh it yeah tracks it makes sense
1: <laughs> i think that the next thing would be to sort of go to what like the 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 Wii and the Switch had the ability to have like the tablet controller that you took with you to play the game. I think the next step would have probably have the tablet controller um, be its own separate thing from the console that you could just sit the console down. So you're it's it's more so it'd be more like almost like a Bluetooth or like a wireless thing where the console itself is there. And then the that actual handheld controller is just something that you could bring around. So like Isn't
2: that, the what the Wii U, Wii U gamepad is?
1: Yeah, yeah, but like, like even more with the Switch's mobility.
0: Oh, okay. yeah, because the Wii U gamepad, you still couldn't; it still had to be in range of the console yeah. to use it.
3: Yeah, I, I feel like there, there's no way they're not going to like build off of like the Wii or sorry, not the Wii, the the Switch and like it being a handheld because it's just like, I think it still is just such a, um, it's what makes that system like so compelling still. And it's like, I just, I, I, I am, they're definitely going to go like a Wii U route with a Switch 2, but probably a lot better because unlike the Wii, which sort of just like had this you know, huge success and then just immediately died because iPhones came out and nobody cared anymore. Like, I think the Switch, I think they'd have a lot more success with just like a proper Switch 2. So that's, I know that's kind of boring, but like, I think, I think they're just gonna iterate on the Switch, really.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I don't think we'll get a new console. I think it'll be more be a refresh. And I know people have said this before, but I imagine a Switch Pro, something that can run higher resolutions, better frame rates, a better screen would be nice, like OLED they need Uh, to redo the
3: joy cons
1: the joy cons need to. oh please dear lord i have giant andre the giant hands and those joy cons are not they're not good for me
3: the thumbsticks don't feel good like the Pro controller feels so good it's like it's crazy how good the pro controller feels and how bad the joy cons feel and it's like this is the you made these at the same time like how did this happen
0: but it's not even that it's like joy con drift which they've been sure. dealing with for a while now and it's something that i have never actually ran into that issue but i think it's because i didn't play handheld all that much and i usually played with the pro controller but but a lot of people still get hit with
1: that
2: even I've on the switch Lite
0: too apparently right wasn't that also an issue on that i That's think it's so much rare yeah.
1: yeah it is my partner had got a, a switch light and there's there's a starting to get that and i've noticed that i i had it for my joy cons um, where i just come back and Link would have like shimmied his way into another corner somewhere else because of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think overall, I think the big thing though for them is just getting into that 4K space because, I mean, 4K is becoming more popular. I think just having a console that can that can look good on 4K TVs is going to be pretty important. But yeah. I mean, at the end of the day though, like, like Nintendo knows that, they're best at just making really good games that 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 appeal to a lot of different people. And I think, like, I, I don't know. Nintendo's weird because I'm not sitting here, like, when's the next Nintendo console coming out like many people are. I just want more games because I, yeah, I love Nintendo games.
3: I also feel like they're at a space where, I think some people probably in their head are like, oh, I want like all the the big third party games to also be on Nintendo, like an Assassin's Creed. But at least for me, it's like, I don't know, like we're at a point now with indie games where it's it's not about like the hardware. It's just about like the types of games and the types of experiences they make that really like you can play on on any hardware. Now you can play on a phone, you can play on a switch. So like I don't outside of of improving maybe like the big first party Nintendo games, I feel like. Nintendo sits very comfortably as like this indie platform that can kind of support these smaller tier games. Cause I, I think we're slowly getting away from every game needing to look like, you know, this insane, like, naughty dog level masterpiece. Like, I think those people know, like, you get a PlayStation if you want that. Like, I don't think people, that's what people are looking for with a Switch.
0: Mm-hmm. Any thoughts, Callie?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think like the switch, the main, the main um, room for improvement is in performance, right? And the stuff that you guys mentioned. But I also like I I struggle with this question because I don't think there's any way I could predict what Nintendo will do. Mm -hmm. Like, like Nintendo doesn't really, like as a company, has not really cared about what is trendy or what is the highest tech like or what the so competition's hard, doing yeah yeah so it's hard to say like what their next move would be because like i think nintendo's whole thing is like surprising you with something that you didn't expect so i i mean i think the switch is totally ideal i love handheld gaming i use my switch lite basically exclusively i don't really uh play on the tv much part of that is the way my living space is set up right now i don't really play a lot of games on on a tv right now but um yeah like i just i don't know how to answer this because i just feel like the next thing they'll do i'll be like oh i didn't even know i wanted that because i feel like <laughs> when the switch was announced i feel like everybody was like a little bit like
0: Nintendo, like, oh, skeptical once yeah.
2: switch interesting concept um and like the, the the thing that happens with Nintendo hardware is typically there will be like some core uh concept around it. And then the use cases will evolve throughout the console's lifetime. So you saw that with like 3D on the 3DS being like the main, like the the forward-facing aspect of it. But of course, there was so much else that you know, you like the portability, you like street pass, you like, you know, the library is fantastic. So it. I'm interested to see what like the core idea would be and how that would evolve. Like I, I feel like I'm not good enough or knowledgeable enough at any <laughs> of this to like come up with what that could possibly be because I've all, I've been consistently uh, surprised. So yeah, it, it's just a hard it's a hard question to answer. Like, I know, like, what I would want. I'm like, Bluetooth for my headphones. Like, or, you know, like, maybe I should try something more ergonomic because I'm going to give myself carpal tunnel um, from the amount that I play uh, the Switch with an, you know, not with a Pro Controller. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, like, thinking, you know, if there's, like, integrations...
0: Well, I, I think that's yeah. that's a super fair uh, prediction, though, because to your point, I mean, I remember the GameCube being somewhat of a surprise, and then with Microsoft and Sony with the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, Nintendo was like, no, we're not really going to do that HD thing. We're just going to do our own thing, and it ended up doing really well. Same with the Wii U. They kind of didn't try to chase that, and same goes again for the Switch. So, I, I mean... I think that's one of the defining things about Nintendo, right, is that it's just tough to predict what oh. they're going to do, uh except maybe re-release some some games that people want for full price 10 years <laughs> oh. later. <laughs> I, I was
3: going to say if there's one thing that I I always really really want them to do it and I don't know I don't know if they ever will cuz it just seems like they they don't care about it. But like I would love for them to really go hard and just like in in celebrating their back catalog and like you know everyone's like hey, are you going to put you know and 64 games on the switch you're gonna put gamecube like they had this golden period with the wii where it was like so amazing to have access to all these retro games that they just abandoned after that system and like you can't even like play those games like like they shut that service down and and there's that part of me that's like i just want nintendo to like finally like provide a a service for their back catalog that is like compelling and isn't just like this insane drip feed um but i don't know if that'll ever happen because i've been wanting i was
1: gonna say (laughs) i they could make money like they could they literally like formulate it out of air like alchemy because it's there's so much there i i've like callie kind of like touched on on it oh i've I've always thought of Nintendo as it's its own island like it mm-hmm. exists outside it's amazing cuz it's like Nintendo defined the the quote unquote console wars or whatever that's mm-hmm. that are now more or less dead and now we have and for for so long Nintendo just does what it wants to do and it knows how to do it and you, you, you couldn't have said it better yourself. Like I couldn't have said it better myself when you said, like, I they make things that I didn't know I wanted. They're really good at doing that. Um, and having this, having the switch be iterative would sort of play on what they did with the fact that they dominated the handheld market for so mm-hmm. long with you know the DS into the into the the two DS and the the three DS, um, and how just how much they just any unless it's a phone, it's there was no competition. Um, And I don't see like, it's almost like, why would you change? Like, why would you try to tamper with what they've done with the switch in terms of its accessibility, the fun aspects of it? I didn't think I was going to want to make a bunch of cardboard toys for my video game console, <laughs> but I do. Yeah. Like, it's wild.
2: Yeah. And you said something there like the, the to, to make it iterative. I think that like that's what i would expect right and that's kind of why i said like i don't know what to predict cuz i feel like i expect that and maybe they won't do that but i would expect like rather than completely revamping the console like you know the switch is like such a like it's just struck gold lightning in a bottle sort of of piece of hardware like why not just work to make it more powerful longer battery life more accessible uh, you know, it would be cool if people were able to use custom controllers and stuff like that. Um, so, that, so that's what I would expect. Like, that's that's what I know that I want right now. But then I feel like Nintendo's going to be like, "Just kidding! This one uploads games to your mind." I'm just going to be like, <laughs> "Wow, <laughs> VR!" I'll tell you one
0: thing: the next Switch will not be called the Switch U.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> As long as it's also not called the new Switch, which oh,
0: or that yeah, (laughs) which they might do considering new New Nintendo 3DS, new Nintendo 3DS, new Super Mario Brothers. I guess new Pokemon Snap is game freak, but but works still. It works until you know new Super Mario Bros turns 20 years old, (laughs) and then it's like yeah, that doesn't work anymore. But anyway, that's been episode 85 of GameSpot After Dark. Thank you guys for joining. Thank you for joining us as well, Dylan. And thank you all so much for listening. Before we go, Callie, what are you up to? And where can people find you on social media?
2: You can find me on Twitter at Inkydojiko, I-N-K-Y-D-O-J-I-K-K-O. And um, I am not up to a whole lot at the moment. (laughs) I, I feel like I say this every week, but I do a lot of behind the scenes things, a lot of editing, um, stuff like that. So not a lot of stuff that you'll see. This is the highlight of my week where I get to make some content. So um, I'm doing this.
3: Nice. Jean-Luc, how about you? Uh, you can find me at Jean-Luc's Hypeke. Uh I've been doing a bunch of video hardware stuff that should hopefully be going out within this weekend, maybe next weekend. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, on top of that, I've been playing a game that i can talk about soon and uh will be making videos about so look forward to that
0: (laughs) uh you can (laughs) you can find me at jacob deck and on saturday i should have that oblivion 15 years later video up which is something i've been working on for a while uh hopefully it's a good one hopefully you enjoy it uh but dylan how about you where can people find you where you stream in what do you want to
1: plug Uh, so I am on pretty much all platforms, optimistic gamer, zero PTI, M Y S T I C gamer. Um, I have methods of myth on YouTube. Um, I'm doing, like I said, a lot, I'm still doing every stream is a charity stream. So anytime you pop in, there'll, there'll be a chance to, uh, to talk about that. Uh, if you check out my Twitter, I'm ranting about things on there quite often. Um, and my Instagram I'm doing now mythology uploads and The YouTube channel is slowly growing, slowly starting, but I promise you within the next month or two, I'm probably going to be putting up the first mythology of video games episode uh, with actually talking about and breaking down the myth of a video game. But for now, I want to kind of keep that under wraps, but the next video that I'm putting out in a week or two is actually going to have a teaser for what that might be. So check out the methods of myth YouTube channel.
0: Mm, Awesome. All right. Well, That's it for this week. We'll see y'all next week.